The Animal Welfare Junction is part of the Keep It Humane podcast network. Visit keepithumane.com forward slash podcast network to find us and our amazing animal welfare podcast partners. Welcome to the Animal Welfare Junction. This is your host, Dr. G, and our music is written and produced by Mike Sullivan. Today, repeat guest, we have Katie Hurst from Don't Fuck Up the Crime Scene. Welcome back, Kevin. What's up? How you doing, Doc? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Trying to I'm, not freeze to death here. I'm always good. I'm always good. Never had a bad day since my divorce. I'm awesome. Fantastic. For those who don't know who you are, how about you give them a little bit of a blip of what you do and why you do what you do? So um, I appreciate that, Dr. G. I'm Katie Hurst. Everybody knows me as Dude, a.k.a. because I say Dude a lot. Uh, I've been, a, I guess, animal welfare for about 30 years come next year. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I still enjoy it. Uh, moving back from the D.C. area, the Maryland area, a.k.a. D&B, moving back to Georgia, be around family and kids, all that good stuff, because I'm a grandfather now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm old. Um so, you know, I was raised in the game as an ACO, they promoted to an ACI, Animal Cruelty Investigator. Then I became a supervisor and I was on a special unit and I was inducted into the Animal Cruelty Task Force, uh, first one in the East Coast, and we locked up a lot of people. And we were very, very good in DeKalb County. Uh, shout outs to all the peeps I worked with and, um, you know, my, my coworkers and what have you and everything. I wouldn't be nothing without my coworkers and uh, my team. And after that, I became an adjunct professor, aka instructor for a law enforcement training institute. I have my right now, my podcast, Don't Fuck Up the Crime Scene. Uh, you can reach that everywhere. Just look it up. And then I still adjunct and I go around teaching for my um, my LLC, Big Time Speakers. And we I do inside um, in-service training. So I go around teaching police, ACOs, ACIs, law enforcement officials, code enforcement, vets, uh, prosecutors, and defense attorneys. And once in a while, I get a judge in there, and we talk about in-service on what to do, how to do, why to do, and um, three times a year, or maybe twice a year, in-service training, because you have to see yous in, and um, that's it. And uh, if people want to find out about your podcast and what you do, where can they find that information? You can always go to my uh, website, it's kdhearst.com, where you can find everything in Compass. Uh, you can find out uh, big time speakers, all the lists. I got 22, 23 classes. Uh, me and, and Dustin teach. We go across the nation, southeast primarily, go across the nation, and we don't mind doing conferences and stuff like that. And then uh, if you want to go to the podcast, you can just look up Don't Fuck Up Crime Scene uh, acronym and just look at Spotify and I don't know, iTunes, it's, it's, YouTube, it's everywhere. Everywhere. So right coming on and we're good to go. Now, hey, 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 I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours because you superstar. You superstar. You know, you blew up about what, two, three uh, uh, episodes ago. You superstar. You know, you want news hey, now. you're a star too, man. <laughs> I appreciate you too. So this is, this is a warning for everybody that's listening because we are going to be talking about a sexual assault case. So trigger warning, anybody that doesn't want to listen, just hit stop right now. This is your, your, your first and only warning. So I invited you to come over here because I wanted to discuss a case involving animals with uh, sexual assault. And you had a case several years ago. So how about you give us the rundown on that case? Okay. 
So let's start off. It was about uh, 2015 in May, actually May 4th. I think it was a Saturday and I was supervising in uh, DeKalb County. And uh, I was called to the scene after my initial officer uh, went to the location after she was summoned to the location on Redford um, and Flat Shows. Um, I'm not gonna give the exact address, but she was summoned there because of a bike case. So a bike case went down when two individuals, they was underage, I think uh, 12 and 13, and they got into, you know, how boys are boys, it's two boys. They were um, out with their mother because it was her weekend to mind the kids because uh, the family was split in half. So the father allowed them to go over to the mother's house and she had a, um, AKA American Pitbull Terrier type mixed dog, brown male dog. And um, they, you know, kids are kids. They got into uh, mommy's little toys, pun intended. And uh, they said, you know, it would be fun to do some sexual things to the dog. And um, didn't work out well for one of them. I think the 12 year old, once uh, allegedly, uh, we proved a few things, we can prove everything, but allegedly uh, they probed the animal with several different sex toys. And I guess one triggered them. They used lube, they had uh, Astroglide and a few other types of lube. So they knew to lube the dog, uh, lube, lube um, the um, dildos and uh, all, all types of apparatuses. Uh, and it was several, it was about 12, I think. And um, they used at least about four or five of them on the dog and to the dog, I guess, um, Tolerance was low and turned around and bit him in defense uh, because the dog was assaulted and bit on when the kids in the stomach. Level three bites, nothing severe, but level three bites. So it was like a, um, a gotcha, 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 uh, leave me alone. It wasn't a vicious, a tearing or a level four, nothing like that. And then uh, the mother came in there and see what was happening and she called the uh, authorities and what have you. Officers showed up, first officer on the scene, called the supervisor because he didn't know what, what was going on. The dog was in the corner, uh, like kind of huddled and cowered down and looked like it was in shock, like it's just been raped. Uh, I've never seen that before, but I, this is before I arrived. So then uh, the supervisor called Animal Patrol and one of my junior officers showed up and she went inside there. And she never seen anything like that before. So she was like shook. So you had um, first officer seen, first to arrive, uh, yeah, sergeant, and yeah, my officer kind of like um, shook, didn't know what to do, and it was like, what in the hell? They didn't know. They didn't know how to go forward, uh, analyzing what they think or what they know or what they can prove. They had no idea. So the dog was in there in shock, and the kids over there bleeding out of his stomach. So EMS shows up and everything, treats the kids, what have you, and the mothers out there, what have you, and then I got called. So the junior officer called me. I got there. And I said, okay, what's going on? Talk to me. Because I always I always have my officers work the scene before I get there. Do not wait for me because it could be evidence uh, going awry, uh, crime scenes like that. I'm like, okay, work it until I get there and then update me on what it is when I'm there. So she kind of sort of said, okay, what's going on? And what is that humming, that that humming? I kept, I kept hearing a hum, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, what's up? So then I go over here and uh, I'm going throughout the house. I said, okay, where's the dog? They said, it's in the corner in the room. I said, yeah, you didn't quarantine it. You didn't um, con contain it, restrain it, and then put it on the truck. She's like, nah, the dog's kind of like, kind of nippy, little, little, little fractious, a little bit scared. Um, and it's looking kind of like wide-eyed, sclera showing, big whale eye showing. And I was like, um, oh my, okay, what's, what's going on with the dog? They said, well, we think he was um, assaulted, you know, um, um, by some sexual toys. 
And that was a hum. They had a vibrator still humming, a purple one, still humming on the bed, right? So I was like, okay, that's a little different. Doc, never walk into one that's, you know, active, pun intended. So I was like, okay. So I said, so I gloved up and everything, turned it off. Um, sorry, took a picture first, then turned it off. And then I said, okay, everybody back out. Let me uh, see if it's a crime scene. Let me go through it. Because I had they had list everybody who was there, all the officers who was there. Uh, got the statements with everybody. That was, that took a while. So I had the officer get the statements for everybody. Uh, the victim didn't give a statement. The brother gave a statement, which he lied. The mother gave a statement, which she lied. And then the officers gave uh, statements, right? So we had a whole bunch of paperwork going on. And then I'm up there filming everything and taking pictures of everything. I think I forwarded you some of the pictures. Mm -hmm. So I'm yeah. like, clack, 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 clack. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I'll say one thing, I, A, I need to um, see what's wrong with the dog, okay? See if it's um, you know, traumatized, it, it looked trauma. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, um, you know, I, and you know me, Doc. I talk to dogs, I said, hey, boo-boo, hey, hey. So I go over there and everything, and the dog was extremely stressed and gave me a few nervous licks. And I was like, oh, okay, you okay? So I muzzle wrap and um, picked up with a towel, transported to the, um, my truck. I think I took it to my truck, put it on there and everything, and uh, was muzzle wrapping everything, and I um, cranked up the tail to see if there's any bruising, bleeding, any type of um, oozing, anything. And at that time, it wasn't, okay? Uh, but it was gel. It was kind of like matted down. So I was like, okay. So I put the dog over there and uh, talked to the owner. I said, okay, what happened? She said, well, I wasn't home, problem. So you don't really know. He's going off what you thought or what your sons tell you. I said, okay, can I speak to your kids? She says, well, I'm not really sure right now. And you have to ask permission to speak to the minors, okay? So I was like, um, okay, I kind of got to know what's going on, what happened. She says, well, one of the, um, the kids, the oldest one, that the victim, he said, well, he was playing with the dog and everything. He just snapped. I said, okay, was you playing with your mother um, toys? He said, nah, nah, we don't play with toys. I said, no. Was you playing with some object that you got from your mother that was on the um, bed with those to with those those apparatuses? He's like, well, no, he paused. So I knew there was a lot coming after that, right? So at that time, I was like, okay, I got enough. Okay, whatever like that. So I said, well, I have a victim here and I have um, two assailants. One who definitely did something and it was reaction. The other one is lying about his cover-up, but they're minors and they can't really, they can't really tell on each other in a court of law. It's kind of weird, okay? Um, same thing when you have, um, I think, a husband to a wife or wife to a husband. Um, uh, I think it was a crime of passion or something like that. It's kind of weird. They can't really tell on each other. It's weird, okay? Unless she says domestic abuse. So this was doggy abuse or animal abuse, but nobody would say anything. So I was looking at the dog as the victim, and is there any evidence? So I put an e-collar on it to make sure I can't lick off any evidence now so it can't go back there and lick off any type of uh, evidence I can use later. So I took the dog, I mean, after I collected all the um, different sex toys and I had to label everything like that and tell her, hey, I got to seize this. Um, it's not yours right now. You can sign, you can come get it later on, but you, right now you can't get it, right? So she was like, okay, because she was really interested in her toys, okay? I was like, okay, it's a little different. And um, I got all the toys like that individually. I didn't put it in this one individually. So you have to um, label everything like that and get a tag for each one of them. So I blah, 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 did all that. And then uh, told officers, I think we're good, okay? The kid, like I said, he was transported to the hospital, minor, level three bites, he had punctures on him, he had a few, 
Okay, so it looked like it was a double bite like that. I didn't see anything at that time because he was transported and I didn't send my officer to get pictures, something like that, because I was worried about the dog too much. And my my error, because it would have been really good to see what type of bites or what they look like, you know what I'm saying? So picked up the dog and I um I drove it to um the vet. Uh, I think it was the cab, went at Mercy Hospital, and uh, two two of my favorite doctors are on duty. And I said, Taste, Hurst, what you got? I come in there and I said, hey, doc, I think I was sexually assaulted. And they both looked at each other with this, uh-oh. So um, I'm not going to say their names. Um, they really good. I, I, I don't think they would mind, but I'm not going to say their names. And I've been knowing one for at least 15 years and the other one for at least five years up until that point. And they're um, very knowledgeable vets, okay? And I think uh, most vets are trained on, what, seven different types of anatomies, doc? Seven to eight different types of anatomies? Right. So um, they know dogs, right? But they told me both. He says, hey, we don't know um, how to really examine sexual assault. I was like, excuse me? And I was like, said, yeah, we didn't learn that in vet school. I said, okay. So I, I knew a little bit. I said, okay, let's go over here and get the swabs like that. Um, you know, and um, you can sedate or you keep the animal alive. It's better to sedate, all right? And after that, you probe, you know, after that, you see if it's a female or it's a male, like that, you have to probe them. And the big thing, what we was looking for is scarring, any type of tearing or ripping and nothing because of the loop. It was mounds of ooze. And then you saw the video. Okay. So they had a whole bunch of stuff that came out, plastic, all type of, you know, this different type of hard feces, no um, uh, liquid feces, no diarrhea, nothing like that. It was hard. Right. But animals tensed and what have you like that. So it was hard to get some of that stuff out. And um, but there was no scarring at all because I believe it was lubed up. So after that, we just looked at it and said, okay. And the dog was like very stressed. So long and short of it, we couldn't prove that there was any sexual assault at this time, except for the trauma. The dog was like in a trance. I never seen nothing like that. I was like, okay, give it about a day and a half. I'm sorry, back up. The owner did sign off on the dog. Say, hey, you can keep him. All right. So it was good for us because usually if the dog is sexually abused and it's not conditioned, if it's a dog that's conditioned and trained for these activities, 99.9, we're going to euthanize. OK, but this one here was a victim, was assaulted. And um, it's the chance of recovery. Great. I mean, great. And I say about two days, two days later, dog was acting like a normal dog. And, um, you know, I think it was adopted out, but you have to disclose that, um, give it to somebody just in case. I doubt if the dog would ever do anything um, because it hasn't been conditioned or trained for sexual activity. You know what I'm saying? It was actually raped. Okay. So um, on that note, we didn't have a case, but, um, you know, all I could do was just a stern talking to the kids like that and more of an education, which you don't do. You know, I'm, you know, and I'm very professional. I was a little crude. I said, listen, dumb and dumber. Don't, don't, you know, try to, you know, molest the dog. But you have to dummy down sometimes. Okay. I said, do not put stuff up the dog's ass. You won't get bit, you know? And, uh, and they was looking at me like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Like that. I looked at the mother like this. You don't deserve kids. You fuck up. You know, right? But I, I again, I, I'm, I'm very professional. Doc, I'm for the most part, very professional. But I was a little crude. I was like, the fuck wrong with you? Fuck out of here. And if you're going to have sex toys, lock those shits up. Okay? All right? So, um, and then I found out that most vets do not know about the training. 
And I was like, okay. So I reached out to a few of my vets like that and we started talking. But I digress. I completely agree with you in that the school, and especially when I went to school, there was no forensics, right? And I mean, we're talking about, I went to school back in the 90s. So that was not even a thing. But now in school, there is more knowledge and there's more information as far as the link and everything else. And still there is a huge lack of education for veterinarians on what to look for. So it's it's a fear of how do you say not, not being able to identify something, but also what if I'm blaming somebody for having sexually assaulted their dog and they didn't do anything about it, right? So how do we how do we tell the difference? So one of the things though, I want to bring you back because you talked about the the bites, the bite levels. And I think that some of the people listening do not know what that means. So can you explain where that comes from and what the different levels are? Okay. So there's a there's a um a bite scale that is universal and I like it. I hope nobody changes it. Hint, hint, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Um, I love it, it's for the Ian Dunbar scale. Ian Dunbar, Dr. Ian Dunbar is a behaviorist and he's uh, he came up with this scale a long time ago. It is a awesome scale. I tell everybody use it, especially in dangerous animal cases. Um, you know, I love my dangerous animal because it's preventable, 80% of them. I think, when you first go there, the first level is um, a assault. The animal goes at you aggressively. There's no penetration. There's no bite. There's no breaking skin. That's the level one. When a dog comes at you viciously, there's not no bite. There's no bite. That's a level one. A level two is a tear of the skin, scratch, small, small laceration, breaking skin. Uh, a bruise that bled, like that. any type of blood like that, it's, a, you know, a scratch, it's a level two. A level three- So clean it up and band-aid it. Say again? Right. Clean it up and band-aid. Yes. It's a level yes. two. Yes, I mean, it's, it's right. nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, okay? Yeah. But that's a level, that's a level two. A level three would be what we call a bite, where you would see incisors or canines uh, um, a half an inch, well, a quarter of an inch down by the canine, it will penetrate, okay? And it can cause some damage, okay? But again, this is a normal routine bite. You say level three, okay, you get bit. It's really not that deep. It broke the skin, we understand, we can see teeth. Can we match them up? Depends, really depends, okay? On the dog's mouth and um, and the person pulling back, like that, and you can see which way the bite came based on the tear, on the teardrop, they call it, okay? So then a level four, is what we saw uh, a mauling. This would be uh, tearing convulsions. Uh, 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 one one good grab, tear, pull, break, rip. Uh, this is what we call sexy. Okay, and when you get one of those, a lot of pain, a lot of pain, a lot of damages, and usually this person's um, pulling back, so you have a, a tearing motion and back and forth, and the animal shakes his head, stuff like that. Vicious, vicious, and it seems like the animal. I'm gonna say it is enjoying it with vigor. Okay, this is not a good thing. Okay, and we bought that to me. That would be high um, predatory uh, um, um, uh, a glance of them going into it and in some type of rage. And when it does, and just enjoy it, just enjoying it. Okay, predatory aggression. And level five is multiple fours. Okay, level five is multiple fours. And level six, you're dead. So the way I do a uh, dangerous animal case of any sort. I go out there, I see if it's a one and if it's a six before I do anything else. If it's a one, no bite, I can't, whoosah, fuck out of here. 
if it's a six, you're dead. Okay. Oh God, we got we get some work here. Work, we got to go work here now, okay? Because um, I want to call in a few other people to help me, okay? Because um, I have a homicide. Dog by death is a homicide. Now I'm going to rule it that way, and hopefully I'll be on the witness stand talking about why it happened, how it happened, and the cause to make sure I identify that dog. So the ones you're going to range is going to be two to five, okay? So again, two scratch. You're not worried about that. Three, full bite, going to quarantine no matter what. You're going to quarantine if this breaks the skin, okay? But that three, it's going to be a regular bite. A four, that's when you're talking about mauling. Most maulings happen when you person slips, falls on the ground. They don't get up. They don't know how to get their, assert their alpha. And they get mauled. They scream and yell. And the dog uh, rips off the appendages looking for good meat. Good meat can be thigh, uh, femur artery, thigh, buttocks, pull you down and get to the juicy stuff, which is your, um, your, uh, your internal organs and just tear your ass up. Okay, and uh, the more you scream and yell like that, it, it tear you throw it out. Okay, it depends. It just really depends. Okay, what type of dog? And um, fighting dogs have styles. Uh, mauling dogs don't. They just rip everything apart. It's just rip. And the more dogs uh, goes to a ferocity and, and just goes to it, you know, pack mentality and just rip you apart. And again, uh, a five, very very bad. I've seen multiple fives that, that should be a six, but people survive because of medicine and doctors. And uh, they should be dead. They really should. I worked four uh, fatalities in my career. I'm not looking to work anymore. I try to tell people to vet, prevent this, by prevention with kids, tell them don't run, act like a tree, don't move, all that good shit, okay? And the more you run, how the prey drive goes up, AKA play, swings into your prey. And after that, one fall, that's all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and teaching people, like there, there are so many people that cannot, read body language in animals, right? So you see all these videos with animals with their ears back and their pupils really big and the whale eyes and everything else. But, you know, there's something else going on. And it's like, oh, look how cute. And it's like, no, it's not cute. This dog is like two seconds from just snapping. So it, it's so important to learn to read body language and to respect space, to respect the animals and to teach little kids how to, how to do that as well. Right. You know, you know, you know I, I look at this is the season when you have bite cases, a.k.a. the holiday season. This is this is the summertime, summertime. The kids are out doing whatever, getting in trouble, bite cases. Holiday season, bite cases. Why? Because the dog is used to, to, to their regular thing. And you're introducing kids who they don't know, who have they have no tolerance for and want to bother them. I always say it before. Dogs do not play running go seek, hide and go seek. They don't. They run and hide because they're stressed. And them badass baby kids go over there and they say, hey, hey. And the dog's like, hey, the dog what? Air bite? Air bite? Hush, fuck away from me. Hush, just fuck away from me. And then the dog do what? I, right, I'm gonna have to light your ass up, okay? I can't, right. and Jim Crosby, doc, Dr. Jim Crosby will tell you, you can't blame the dog for being a dog. You can't, okay? If you put in all the stoppers to prevent this, hopefully it does. And me, I tell you, humans, parents, oh, they, parents, they're like, oh, that's cute. And to the dogs, dog mauls the child. Oh my God, what's wrong? The dog's like, well, shit, you said it was cute. You were praising me a second ago. He's like, good boy. Right. You said it's a good boy. Yes, you are. Right? And then when you play a tug of war, I tell people, watch the inhibition you build up. You play in tug of war and you hear that puppy growl. <laughs> And then you hear that real growl. And then now your punk ass is scared of your dog. Doc, okay? 
they were like this. They're like, oh, oh shit. And the dog's like this. Well, you want to play no more? He's like, nah. But now the dog said, oh, pheromones. Oh, you're a punk. Okay. So now you have a problem in your household. You know what I'm saying? And and it's like reaction of dogs to trauma, right? Like this dog can potentially have been a really good dog, like yes. never been aggressive, never growled or anything like that. But you get, you have any kind of traumatic event, you get fight or flight. We get fight or flight. Animals get fight or flight, right? So this dog may have tried to get away from them and can't, or, you know, it gets to a point where it hurts or whatever the reason is. And then it just gets to that point where, you know, you didn't let me go. So this is how I'm going to let you know. I mean, I, I, a lot of people, I was talking to one of my technicians today about how people say that animals are voiceless. Animals are not voiceless. We don't know how to communicate, right? We don't know how to listen. Facts. We don't know how to understand Facts. what they're saying. When the dog is backing up, don't go forward. Facts. When the dog shows you teeth, don't go forward, Facts. right? Because it's just going to escalate. And then once it escalates and once they bite, they know that next time I'm not going to mess around with steps one, two, and three. I'm just going straight to bite. I mean, and, and what, what do you, right. so, so, you know, you know, the thing is like this, okay? Um, no disrespect to my volunteers, my rescue people. Y'all good people. Y'all do good work. And my vet techs. But Lord have mercy. Sometimes the dog is showing the body language. The dog's like this. I mean, when the dog is telling you, telling you, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Okay? For y'all who don't understand Ebonics, that meant leave me alone. Okay? When the dog said, leave me alone. Right? It's trying to say, I'm stressed. I'm curving my body. I'm not looking at you. I'm ex I'm exhibiting all these signs to tell you I'm not feeling you. I'm yawning excessively. I'm licking excessively. I'm blowing off uh, uh, snot and everything, my adrenaline excessively. And you going to go for going to play with me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude. Or, or I got one for you, Doc. I had a, um, a dog sitter. You got to love him. You got to love him, okay? A dog sitter, um, um, dog sitter, uh, Akita. I'm sorry for everybody who's Akita lover, okay? Because you know how I am, childs and kids, okay? Doc, it's not his dog. He's pet sitting. He want to give the Akita a kiss goodnight. Son, when I tell you, okay, this dog reached out and touched his ass and tore his lip off. Right. So I go to the <laughs> hospital. No, nah, no. Nah. Because, you know, you know, I'm an asshole. I go to the hospital. Right. After I quarantine dog like that, I go to the hospital. His ass did looking like his lip is over here. His lip is over here. And he looked like a mummy. Right. And I said, because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just stupid. I said, so, Mr. Rogers, I guess it was a good day in the neighborhood. Right. And he's like, he's looking like, oh, 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 oh. right. Because he can't talk. And I liked it. I said, um, I said, so you try to kiss the dog. Oh, oh, oh. You gonna do that again? Oh, I said, I bet your ass ain't. Okay. Now, am I am I a jerk? Yes, I am. Right. I mean, I would have said, but did you learn? <laughs> right? Because that's how I tell people. That's how I deal with stuff like that. It's like you did something stupid. You know, you gotta be dumb. You gotta be tough. So, <laughs> did I you mean, did you learn? I, I I told the story. I'm gonna tell for one, one time. One time, okay. I'm tell one time on your on your show. I had um my first time being on call. Uh, on Brownlee Road off uh, Idle, Idlewood Road in Tucker, Georgia. First time being on call. I'm all excited. I'm on call and everything. 1994, 1995. I'm on call. I'm like, you know, I go out there and everything. And it's a cul-de-sac. 
There's a whole bunch of cops out there talking about, watch out, she's aggressive. I said, okay, who is she and what's aggressive? Because, you know, I know how to ask questions, okay? I'm from Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Who, what, when, where, why, how, okay? We know that, we know that, right, from the start. So I'm like, um, I said, okay, what happened? He's like, man, we're in a second, all right? I said, okay, what is it? Because it was a uh, hybrid wolf, and we got to talk. Okay, because you know, I had um, I had one, I had two episodes of Hybrid Wolves on my show. Um, uh, and that, that's, that's it's extremely interesting. We're going to talk. We need to talk about that. So, Doc, and the wolf was guarding um, his, the rest of his like arm because he degloved him. He degloved everything. He just tore it out. And he was just like, like holding his mouth, right? I mean, he just skinned him, skinned him alive, right? From like an elbow all the way down, like took everything off, right? And I'm going to think, like, what does he have? He's like, he's guarding it. I was like, you okay? He's like, no, okay, I'm not. I was like, and I didn't know what a hybrid wolf is. You know, I'm a city boy. I'm from Brooklyn. I, I thought he was a husky, Alaska. I'm like, hey, buddy, you okay? He's like, no. So uh, I put the, um, you know, the um, control pole, because he won't say catch pole no more, put him on a truck and everything, almost nothing, right? And he finally let go of the, the glove hand or whatever it was, right? The husk. He puts, he goes on the truck and everything. He was kind of cool. I took him back and everything. But before I got that, I said, like, what actually happened? So the victim uh, felt like getting up two o'clock in the morning and getting a glass of milk and cookies. Okay. Or, right. So he sees this wolf outside walking around outside his picture window. Right. So he thought it would be a good thing to go over there and pet the wolf. Right. To go outside. <laughs> no, doc, I can't make this shit up. He, was like, he said, hey, hey, buddy. Hey. And if you reach down, if you reach down overhand, that's aggressive move towards you know a, a predatory right. animal. And um, that was the last time he saw his hand, right? When he reached over, last time, right? So um, I was like, you know, he got snatched off. So he was in the hospital, all mummified up and everything. I got the dog, put him inside a kennel. They had to go to the, go to the hospital do the bite case. It's like three, four, five o'clock in the morning. So I got a hospital and everything. He's all on morphine and everything. You know, he got his hand up on you know thing. And I'm like this, and his wife. So I didn't say nothing to him. I just talked to his wife. I said, so, um, ma'am, this your husband? She said, well, yeah. I said, so what happened? I mean, matter of fact, let me just go through it. So your husband woke up and saw a possible wolf outside and decided to pet it? She says, yes. I said, um, and it's your husband, right? She said, I know he's dumb, yes. And she's looking at me like, she's like, I know, right? And he, he, he's so drugged up. He's so drugged up looking at me. He can't really talk. He's looking at me. His eyes were like, I hate you, right? And I'm like, so what What gave him the idea to touch the wolf? She's, I don't know. So I was like, you know, I looked at him and everything and Doc, cause you know, I'm an asshole. I said, I said, I will give you a high five, but you can't right now. You know, he <laughs> looked at me like, mm-hmm, all right. Me to you, me to you, a lot of bites are preventable. A lot mm -hmm. of them are preventable. But going back to the sexual assault, let's go back. Yeah, no, yeah, so this dog, because of the situation, how does it how does it work as far as does this dog get considered a vicious dog or anything like that or does the reason for the bite get taken into consideration a reason for the bite so when we're going out there because um this is an um when um i do this in dangerous animal so there are reasons and exclusionary um doctrines for bites so and one of those i'm sorry a few of those are uh, a dog can protect itself from um, people, all right, protect itself from its, from, all right, it can protect its young, protect its owner, protect its property, 
okay? Those are exclusionary rules where the animal can protect itself. So we have to look at that. So if somebody's teasing or hurting or tormenting the dog and get bit, well, time out now, time out. A uh, dog's protecting itself, so it bit you. It only know how to what? Defend itself, right? It wasn't, and it happened on their property. It didn't go off their property. And you came on and trespassed, okay? We had two kids. We had two kids, I'm say dumb and dumber. And they have a wolf ball back. And one of them was hitting the dog uh, on an unbreakable chain. And the dog crossed the threshold and um, ate Ate up the other boy and um, ate him up, ate him up, and bit him in the head and everything. Bit him where he looked like a, um, a carved up jack o' lantern. Okay, he looked horrible, right? So I get there and everything, and that's what happened. I said, "Hey, uh, what happened?" The old lady said they was teasing the dogs. They was hitting him with a plastic bat, stuff like that, and everything. And the bat was there, and the dog was on an unbreakable chain in the front yard. Now, a they got a citation for failure restraint. It was not supposed to be tethered up. Okay, so they got a citation on that. Okay. A responsible owner because the dog bit, all right? It, it did. It caused property damage to somebody else like that. But there was no dangerous animal. There was no vicious animal, nothing like that, because the dog the dog was defending itself. And I think that should be, that should be, you know, in the investigation. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because I dealt with a, with a case where a teenager raped a dog utilizing a pen. And, okay. and that dog didn't do anything. Right. But it's kind of, you know, you get into into these cases of these teenagers. There's a, in, in my eyes, there's a huge difference when a teenager is doing something like this and when an adult is doing something like this. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we get into what what is causing these kids. Right. So these kids find all these toys and they get curious and it's a really bad way to exercise curiosity, but it's curiosity nonetheless. But then. We have to think about the I say what happens when you don't do something about these cases because there's all this talk about how well you don't really see it much. No, you don't you don't really hear about it, but right. it's happening. Right. Right? So right. not not being able to prosecute and not saying that these kids should go to jail. The kid that that I dealt with, I didn't want that kid to go to jail. I wanted that kid to get help because that kid was being sexually molested by another adult. So there's there's history behind that. That's a kid that needed help. If we had not done something as a veterinarian, I was able to to evaluate the dog. I knew what was happening and I was able to come to the father and say, hey, this is what's happened. Uh, Thankfully, opposed to your case, the dad in my case was like thankful that I was able to to realize what happened. He was beyond himself. He was really upset. He went through all of the stages of grief in like five seconds but, but, you know, we help that kid get help. You don't do that, then what's going to happen in the future? That's where we get into, into the link. Now, do you find it's mostly male teenage boys or male boys who do all the sexual um, um, trauma in, in the case? Yeah, the cases that I have seen and a lot of the cases that I have found have been with male, male children. I had one, well, matter of fact, it, okay, so it was our case. I can't say it was mine because I was in Denver teaching. And... um. They had uh, a bunch of, um, I don't want to say crackheads, but they was doing some weird stuff. And um, do you know what a Terry stop is? Uh, no, I do not. So a Terry stop for all my law enforcement, I know you're going to come for me. Okay? Terry stop is um, you see a suspect or anything, they look, they fit the description and you pull them over and holler at them. I'm not going to say harass them, holler at them. Okay? That's a Terry stop. So um, a Terry stop and everything, as far as I know, everybody kind of stopped doing the same thing. 
you tell a person, you know, take your hands out, take everything out your pockets, but da 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 da. Phone fell out this one guy's pocket and came on. It just happened to come on. And uh, no, sorry, 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 sorry. It came out and the officer picked it up and actually hit hit a button and a sexual um, act came on where it was a female uh, indulging uh, uh, a pit bull with peanut butter, pun intended. Okay. And uh, he was like, you know, and then the officer dropped the phone. He's like, what the hell did I just watch? That was the case. Okay. And a lot of times, like you said, it's, it, ha it happens, but it's not reported because this is still taboo. Okay. And most municipalities don't want to know about it, don't want to see it, don't want to hear about it, make it go away. And even though it's a crime, nobody wants the judges, prosecutors, or the defense. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's very embarrassing. Okay. But it's no embarrassing than molesting a child. Is it, I'm serious. It's just no difference. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you molest a kid and you molest a dog, same thing. Okay. Uh, they did it against their will. And, and this is what I, do you, do you hear this? Well, the animal didn't say no. Right. But, but yeah. And, and my answer is, is that is like an animal has the same amount of ability to understand what's happening right. as a child. So if, if the child is six years old and the child says, no, 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 I enjoyed it. I want to keep doing this. Are we going to be like, okay, Timmy, go ahead and continue doing this because you're okay with it. No, we don't. So it's the same thing with the dog. The dog don't, right. don't know any better. And and in a lot of these cases, there is harm to that comes to to the animal. Right. You know, you know, the thing is, um, because Christy uh, Fisher, one of my colleagues from um, um, law enforcement training, and Christy's on Wichita, that's my homie. Uh, even on uh, Gretchen up in um, Seattle and everything, I learned from other, even Terry Chandler. I learned so much from um, all these cases that I'm like this, I try to glean into a few things. And the moment I had to watch the zoo, you know about the zoo on HBO? No. Mr. Mm -hmm. Hands? You never heard you, no. you never heard about the case? No. Okay. Okay. Doc, 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 you, doc. Okay. So right, um, I'll Mr. check it out. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Hands was uh, a case. It was nationally known. They made a movie about it where um the difference between um bestiality and um zoophilia. There's the difference. But um you know, the thing about zoophilia is a relationship with the animal versus bestiality, a.k.a. the act, okay? And uh, I had to understand all this because the first time I was introduced maybe uh, 18, no, 15 years ago, maybe, yeah, 15 years ago. And uh, I, my, my instructor uh, was a colleague too. Uh, we saw Mr. Hands and um, it's called The Zoo on HBO. You can always rent stuff like that. And it was a crime. And the crime was, uh, okay, so when you say bestiality, it's always the people, the way the uh, uh, people look at it, there will be always people doing something to an animal, not the animal doing something to them, okay? Because if they go, oh, you, you, you know, you're banging that horse or you're banging that dog. What about the horse banging you? Because I, I, I didn't get it, okay? And then you can have a connection where you want to marry your dog, marry your horse, and then, you know, you have these brothels when you go out there in Amsterdam, you know, with animals and chimps and stuff like that. It's, it is a smorgasbord of uh, sexual uh, 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 nefarious things that goes on, especially overseas. It happens here, okay? But, um, <clears throat> so, uh, Mr. Hands is about this um, guy, the, AKA fence jumpers. They go over there and they get um, the female urine uh, from a horse, poured over them to excite the male. 
and then they, you know, take off their clothes and back themselves up to the um, horse, and the horse gets erect. So you're talking about an easy 27 inches, okay? So this one guy, somehow the animal mounted him by accident, and he got all 24. He got all 24 inches. And he went in there, and it uh, um, perforated his colon, and his bowels and everything fell out through his ass. And they didn't know what to do. And they took him. This is Seattle. Y'all can look this up. And they took him and dumped him in the um, uh, uh, hospital parking lot and drove off. The only thing that was charged with at that time was trespassing, because on the books, I'm I'm, I'm so serious. Um, I, on the books, it was like you, sh you shouldn't have been messing with their horses or their animal like that. And these animals are trained. It was trained uh, and conditioned for this. And Shetland ponies and all types of things, right? Uh, uh, Great Danes and stuff like that. So, um, but then this is a this is a, like a monumental case. And then they changed the laws, where it means, you know, animals are people, people are animals. Because it was, you know, it was looked at one way. And even though it was a national case, nobody wanted to talk about it. Yeah, you need to look that one up. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I forgot. Um, Finks, yeah. Sprinks, Spinks, whatever his name is. Yeah, that's a good That's a good case. Yeah. No, yeah, I'll have to look that up. Because, yeah, as the laws have evolved, we have gone from, as you said, like, you know, what what constitutes sexual contact with an animal. And I was looking actually through the through the different laws because, you know, like in Ohio, the, the law as far as what is included, I think that is pretty good. So reading directly from the uh, Ohio Revised Code is no person shall knowingly engage in sexual conduct with an animal or knowingly possess, sell, or purchase an animal with the intent that it that it be subjected to sexual conduct. And no person shall knowingly organize, promote, aid, or abet in the conduct of an act involving any sexual conduct with an animal. So awesome. it's pretty it's pretty inclusive. Now, the problem with it is that it's just a misdemeanor in the second degree. So now, not that much should, happens. That should, be a, that should be a felony. That should be a felony. It should be a felony. Exactly. It should be a felony. And then they will, they will assess mental health, but that's only huh. if the court wants to do it. Right. So the court can decide that they don't want to mess with it and, you know, do whatever. So you get into this issue of you go to jail supposedly to rehabilitate. But if somebody has a mental condition, you ain't going to rehabilitate him in jail. Right. You have to. OK. Yeah. Like depending on what they have done, they have caused harm to an animal or whatever. Yeah. Something has to happen. But to truly say this person can be released and put back into society. Something has to happen with being a misdemeanor. We all know nothing's happening, right? Like it's not, it's not being followed up properly. Um, so I looked up the Georgia definition of bestiality and it just says a person commits the offense of bestiality when he performs, he performs he. or submits, he, when he performs or submits to any sexual act with an animal involving the sex organs of the one and the mouth, anus, penis, or vagina of the other. So it doesn't really, how do I say? So it, if we were to look at it from sex toys, in theory, it would not fit into it, right? right? Because it's not, it's not actually. So it's missing a little bit into, in, into what it entails. However, it does carry felony with imprisonment with not less than one year and no more than five years. So at right. least the I mean, the penalty is stricter than, than here in Ohio. 
So usually, <clears throat> usually um, the ones I've worked, very, very few felonies, uh, a lot of misdemeanors. And things are just fled out to a misdemeanor. And then um, this is me to you and everybody who's listening um, to Dr. G's podcast. When you have any type of cruelty, sexual abuse like that, always get a bond of no conditions. The animal could be around the assailant. <clears throat> when the assailant reaches bond, they can't be around the animals. It's no different than um, kids. When you have a sex offender, when they bond out, hopefully it's five, 10,000, 15,000. You know, it takes them harder to get out because it's 10%. And um, once they get out, they cannot be around. All right. Because uh, uh, you don't want them around. Same, same thing, you know. Uh, but a lot of people understand that. And, they, you know, a lot of people think it's a joke because in different um, cultures, you know, um, having sex with, you know, animals is like whatever, you know. Um, I've, I've seen it with goats, seen it with sheep, I've seen it with horses, seen it with, you know, depends on what culture you come from, you know. And I'm like, huh? But in these Americas, again, there's laws on the books that says you can't do it, you know. And I try to explain that to everybody. But again, it's taboo and nobody wants to talk about it, Doc. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah, here in Ohio, BCLA was not a crime until 2017. And and it, it passed and it actually was taken back and had to be resubmitted in 2020 because when it passed in 2017, they added, it was like end of the year and they added everything and anything that they could trying to pass all these laws. So they had bestiality, they had cockfighting, but then they had uh, minimum wage laws and they had some other employment laws, things that have nothing to do with it. So I'm sure that some of the people that are voting to pass or not pass are like, well, how am I going to say no to bestiality? Right. But there were some people that said no and, you know, that they didn't want it to pass. And it was because they didn't agree with the minimum wage issues or with some of the other issues. But regardless, it did pass. Again, there was, uh, there was a lawsuit because it was against the Constitution, the Ohio Constitution of one law per uh, ballot or whatever it is that that's called. And so in 2020, it had to be done again. And then at that point, it did. But, but yeah, up to that point, there wasn't anything you know, to, to prevent it. And some of the things that I have heard is, well, again, it's not very common. Like, why are we going to have a law about it? Now, I'm currently studying animal law. And I wrote my paper, my final report on bestiality laws in Ohio, because even though it is recognized as a sexual offense, it is not categorized as a sexual offense as far as, um, being able to remove it from your list of misdemeanors since it's a misdemeanor after the person has finished their probation they can just get it expunged um there are no limitations on having owning animals for a long period of time there's no limitations about being around kids there's no possibility of being on the sexual reporting on search reporting list because it is not taken that seriously i mean you know I, I, I try to take it all serious. And then another thing is this, when you're on scene, depending on what's going on, law enforcement does not know what to look for. High 90%. ACOs, high 90%, okay? Uh, and then when you couple that in with the vets, high 60%, uh, you can miss it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can just use it. When you have, a, um, um, what do you call it? When the vulva 
on uh, prolapse, right? What's going on? Okay, how did this happen? Why did it happen? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and what my thing is, when you look at AKA the link, when the abuser walks in the house, male or female, but mostly it's a male, abuser walks in the house, everybody moves away from the, um, the abuser, even the dog, even the cat. When the abuser comes in, AKA Mr. Wife Feeder himself, comes in and raises his voice, everybody shines down and move away. That means everybody's a victim. You don't know what victim of what though, you know? And, um, you know, going back and doing my cases and stuff like that, you know, sometimes you question yourself, like, could this have been sexual abuse? You don't know sometimes. And then if the dog, depending on the penetrations like that, and how long it's been, the evidence is going to be gone. The, the dog's I mean, going to be gone, you know, for the most part, unless you can get internal lacerations, scarring, and tearing, it's going to be gone. Unless you can find a DNA that's going to ooze out Okay, of uh, the mostly males, the ejaculation, the sperm, like that, it's going to ooze out, and the animal's going to lick it. So you know that's why you put the e collar on, so they can't go back there. You know what I'm saying? And um, this, I do the same thing for um, dangerous, dangerous animals. Uh, blood. I don't want the dog to lick off the blood. <laughs> so you know, I want to make sure uh, whose blood is that. Let's let's figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, it's a it's a lot of embarrassment, but to me, I it's like a crime. It's a crime to me. And you know, again, I get plugged. Don't fuck up the crime scene. When you go out, you just slow it down like this. Okay, what crime scene do I have? And I try to stay in my lane. If I have a um, a person, it's not death by dog. I'm like, I've got a dead person. That's not me. I I, I, I get somebody in here. I secure this crime scene and I wait for somebody to handle their business. It's death by dog. I want to take lead, but it's still I have to call a homicide out because we had a dead person here. All right. Because I don't do people to, to that degree. I'm like, okay. And the first thing is like, what you think? That's, and that's a good investigator, what you think. And then you ponder on what it could be. And if the evidence match up, if the bite wound matches up, okay, you're like this, okay, should have been, could have been, would have been, right? No, it's all good. Uh, because, yeah, it's the, I say, the, that case that with the minor, when I saw it, again, it becomes the part of, as a veterinarian, I wasn't the first person to see that dog. So when the, when the owner, saw that the dog was bleeding and the child says, oh, the dog fell and it started bleeding. You know, the dad has no reason to not believe the kid. So they take the dog and they went somewhere. And that place, I don't know if they realize what happened or not, mm. but mm. they wanted nothing to do with it. So they're like, hey, uh, Dr. G at Rascal, uh, she'll take care of you. She has like low cost services and stuff. Just go ahead and take her the dog and she'll take care of the, the dog for you. So they bring me the dog, right? So when I examined it, yeah, I have a I have a choice. I can either be like, oh yeah, it looks like it fell, it's bleeding. Here's some medications and let's treat it because I don't want to get involved, or I can get involved. What's the worst thing that can happen? I say this is what what I think happened and it didn't. You know what? I'd rather them be upset at me because I said something that wasn't true than miss right. what actually right. Right. did happen. Right. right? Um and when the police officers came in, this was, I want to say, two years after the bestiality law passed in Ohio. And I called the cops because my concern is what's going to happen to this kid, right? The dad is pissed off. And the kid was kind of in shock himself. So I want to make sure that 
you know, I have the, the police officer to take care of it from the legal aspect, but then also to make sure that somebody's going to take this kid to children's hospital and, you know, given a mental, mental health assessment and the cops showed up and they're like, I don't know what you want me to do. You need to call a humane officer because this is a dog issue. No, sir. This is, this is an offense. This is a crime in Ohio now. No, 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 no. It's not. Yeah, but it is one. And and actually, going back to it, when when the when the dad brought the the dog in with the kid, he brought the kid with him. And when I told him what had what I have found, the dad was like, "Can you tell my kid what happened? What you found?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." He brings the kid, and I looked the kid straight in the eye, and I just told him, "I know what you did. What did you do it with?" And I didn't give him an out, right? I didn't give him a yes or a no. If I had given that kid a a yes or no question. And he had said, no, he was going to hang on to that. No, forever. So I just said, what did you do? And he, you know, came forward and said, yeah, I used the pen. And you could see that it was, you know, he was just terrified. I had a second case that involved an adult that had sexually assaulted a dog and completely different case. Whereas this kid was just really upset again, kind of in shock, not knowing what was going on or whatever. These other people lied. They said that their dog got hit by a car. Their dog is profusely bleeding through the through the rectum. Uh, it has a rectal laceration. It had bruising on the back of the legs. So I have pictures of this case. These are when I give um, seminars, conferences, or whatever. These are the pictures that I show. This is what I actually saw. This is what happens to these dogs. And I went to the prosecutor and I said, hey, you know, this is what I found, go get him. And they're like, well, they said the dog got hit by a truck. I said, okay, I don't care what they said, right? Because this dog doesn't have fractures, doesn't have scratches, doesn't have like fried nails or anything like that. Doesn't have contusions. This dog's only injuries are inside of his rectum and the bruising that had finger marks. Like you could see the fingers on the inside of this dog's legs. And the prosecutor's like, well, he has witnesses. I don't care that he has witnesses. I am telling you what's up. And he was like, yeah, you know, I appreciate that, that you're so like, you know, wanting to do something about this, but unfortunately, um, you know, we don't really have a case. Yeah. So, and this was before I had been doing a lot of forensic cases. So I guess I didn't have a, a, the reputation that I had, that I have now. So Mm -hmm. maybe if I brought the case now, it would be seen a little bit more seriously, but completely disregarded and I of course started like creeping on this guy on social media to see what kind of a person this dude is and all of his social media were all these pornographic memes like ridiculously pornographic memes of somebody assaulting someone Mm -hmm. so it just fit this whole thing and in my mind I did everything that I could to stop somebody that's probably gonna you know commit violent crimes or whatever with children but I'm sure that, you know, did we do something? Did we stop something? No, this guy got away with it. And, you know, he, it's the, it's the case that, that for, forever will piss me off. So we had one, I'm going to let you, I'm going to digress after this. We had one, it was me and um, I had him on, Alex um, Gwenois. Uh, I had him on Life After the Badge. And um, Alex, me and Alex, he's a Boston guy. You know, I don't like him like that. Uh, you know, I'm a New York guy. Fuck him. Fuck Boston. But um, that, he called me out. It was on 2nd Avenue in um, Glenwood. 
you know, hood. Um, so I go out there and everything. And a kid, it was a dead dog, and it was a kid next to the dog. And, um, you know, the system failed this kid, okay? And part of my job is to stop potential serial killers, sociopaths, psychopaths. People don't understand that. They start with animals, and then they move their way up. And the link talks about some things, but um, I don't know if they go far in. Um, I go real far in. Because there is a connection. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, I always thought John Gacy. There's a whole bunch of them, okay? We started out with little stuff, burning a possum, setting on fire, and then they move up. So they had a kid who um, the father was despondent. And then when the kid was going on, he was worried about his PlayStation game and what what um, what level of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, when they're shooting all the guys, um, you know, um, not... You, you, when like shooting, military? Yes, the, yes. What's the Call of Duty? Yes, there he is. He was right. on, I don't know which what version was like that. He was on that, okay? He was in the cops outside talking about, yo, your son, your son, something like that. And the son was like, um, very big kid, maybe about 11, but had the aptitude of probably like a four or five-year-old. And um, it was a huge problem here. And um, he strangled the neighbor's cat with a cell phone cord. And um, he didn't see nothing wrong with it. And the cat, you know, I'm, I was like, and it, it, was, it, it was weird. It was the first time at that time I dealt with a probably sociopath. And the kid was failed by his parents. I mean, it was, it was a total failure, but you saw it. And, you know, in certain communities, I won't say lesser communities, this happens. Not going in, it can happen wherever, okay? But um, I saw this and I looked at the kid and everything. You can just, I mean, he just stared back at me and everything. And I told um Alex, I said, hey, he needs some help. And Alex looked at me. He's like, you know, you know, he's like, you think? And I was like, I, we we never, I've never seen anybody that that cold or the staring stuff like that. And I'm like, oh wow, you know. But I looked at the kid like, this is not good for the kid. But the parent, because it wasn't a female in there, the parent did not care. You know, and when I see um, these kids molest animals and do all type of things to animals, I don't know what a parent is. And because again, I'm I'm not the world greatest parent. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty fucking good. Okay, I'm, both of mine turned out okay. Okay, but you know, when you leave the idle mind to play, things happen. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, and I I, I think sometimes we can prevent this or get help, get therapy or something, um, some type of psychological either something, you know? Because just like we have, you know, I would say, you know, a particular brand of quarters can be educated, elderly women, blah, 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 blah. The same thing happen, happens with the sexual assault with, you know, younger people. It's mostly, you know, boys between this age and this age. And um, very curious, curiosity, and um, you see it. My thing is, is it preventable? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, and I don't know that. I didn't know that it is preventable because again, I think that some of it stems out of curiosity, and that's not something that kids are comfortable talking to the parents. Hey, what mm. would happen if I did this? No, kids aren't, kids aren't going to do that. 
And most of the time, like in the, in the case that I worked with, it was literally a matter of the object is here and the dog is here and the parents are gone because they were at the store. So right. there was the means, there was the, the opportunity and, you know, it was just like a, the, Similar the to my case, Similar to my case, kids right. are left alone with the dog and they find sex toys. So what can we do with this? Right, exactly. So it's like, did the kids go out of their way to find these toys? Did the kids right. plan it? Right? right? Did they did they do did they go through all of that? Which is what happens with these, like the more adults that are doing this, or the kids that are actually planning it out. Which right. those are the ones that you know they need a lot of help. The ones that are doing it out of curiosity and spur of the moment, yeah, they need help because somebody needs to explain to them why that is not okay. But the ones that are planning it out and are thinking about it, that's where that's where the problem comes. And that's where, you know, that's where we get into the uh, serial sexual offenders or even serial killers. You know, I mean, I mean, doing this for so long and like I said, it is so taboo to talk about sexual assault with animals. It really is. It's like and nobody says, hey, 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 hey. And everybody's like, nah, I don't want to know about that. And I don't want to see that. And then, no, 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 no. I mean, whereas the prosecutors don't want to see it. The judge don't want to see it. You go for a bond hearing, they don't want to see it. They're like, no, 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 no. What do you think is best? 5,000? Okay, 5,000 bond. They don't want to see it. And I get some of it, but what helped me, what helped me was to be cognizant of what it is, what happened, and how does it affect my brain. So when you see something traumatic, I'm asking you, because it takes me about 36 minutes. Don't ask me how I know it's 36 minutes. But it takes me, when I see something that is jarring, um, I don't know, my first um, mutilated kid that's ate up by a dog, I mean, pieces of child, something like that. It took me about, about, about a half hour to process that in my brain. Now, don't give me, I, I didn't stand there. I had to process the case, the crime scene, but I'm like, okay, all right. Um, I had five dead dogs, like that. Okay, okay, I gotta process it. Okay, chopped up, uh, ritual sacrifice. Okay, you gotta, you gotta process that shit. You know what I'm saying? And, but sometimes, like I've been, I don't, the dog. I'm asking you, do you ever become numb to the scene? Yeah, uh, and like pretty much every time, right? So. I am a hundred percent objective. I look at it. Good. I can't change. I can't change what happened. And, and it's not like I want to go watch a video of what happened. Like I don't need to relive it, but I have to stay focused and objective to be able to see, I got to take emotion out. So it's not that I don't feel bad, but there is no emotion. It's just, you know, Work. what do we have? Work. What do we have? What do we have to do? And then once I, once I'm home, once I'm back to the hotel, if it's a, an overnight place or whatever, once I decompress, then I may get to be like, wow, this was real messed up. Yeah. But, but yeah, I guess that's what makes me good at doing what I do is that I can detach myself because the horrible stuff that we see, most people see it once and then they're just scarred for life. Right. So it, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm kind of a cold person oh. in that, but, but you kind of have to, and, and we need people that can detach themselves 
to be able to process these things because they're not for everyone. You know, I, I posted um, um, an old picture of me about six, seven years ago, right? I had my glasses on, I had my black and tie like that. I said, Lord Vader rules, right? And I was in front of my truck, it's like that. And I was like the Sith Lord of DeKalb County for I don't know how long, right? And and people, you know, people's like this, man, this don't mess you up. It's the process. And um, mm -hmm. I'm about convictions. I'm not about anything else except convictions. And and that and I actually teach this now. Before I was um a win. I want to go into court and win. I'm not that way anymore, okay? Because uh, I come in there, I play my theme. And, All we do is win, win. You know, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be going crazy like that. You know, I want a conviction. I want, and I don't matter how the conviction happens. Guilty, no low, uh, plea deal. I don't care uh, because it's not a win or not to my belt. Now, it feels good now. I'm not going to lie. It feels good to put somebody away for doing some bad stuff. It, it, it does. I'm sorry. It does. Okay. Mm -hmm. But... I want a conviction that's sound that can't be appealed. Okay. I want a conviction that's so sound it like this. Okay. And the judge looks at me like this. Like when the judge gives me the nod, like, good job. I'm like, yeah. Right. I, I, Dr. G, I feel that shit. I'm like, yeah. Right. I come up there and now and then when I go in the hallway, all I do is wait, you know, but while I'm there, conviction. You know what I'm saying. Right. And um, when you come down to sexual assault and everything, there's two victims. Well, unless you have a predator, okay? <laughs> like the, the children we speak of or the juniors speak of or the minors speak of, they could be a victim as well, okay? But then you have predators, they're not victims. You need to treat them like predators and they need to do some time, you know what I'm saying? Because I see them graduating from animals to people, male or female or, or bigger animals later on. But again, sometimes it's cultural. You gotta watch that, you know? I think what one of the things that we need to do to make it, how do I say, make it stronger uh, as far as protection is we need to stop calling it bestiality or sex with animals because sex with animals sounds like, doesn't sound as bad as sexual like assault to an animal. Yeah, exactly. Like so we need to stop calling it sex with animals and call it sexual assault of an animal, right. you know, right. rape of an animal. I, and I then maybe if we, if we, I even think that if we change the language that way, then, you know, how we see it as taboo, we see it as taboo because we're thinking again of sex with animals. But if we think about it, this person sexually assaulted that dog, right. that is a completely different, right? Like then you think of it as poor dog, animal cruelty, we need to do something. Because what well, the thing is, zoophilia is the relationship between the person and the animal. So having sex with them is normal. You see what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. and you know, you go, well, the animal couldn't say no, but I was having sex with it. So, you know, we was okay. You know what I'm saying? I guess overall to take away is parents, please watch out for your kids and yes. please make sure your kids are not doing stupid shit. Plus, if somebody tells you that your kid's doing stupid shit, take it seriously. Because I mean, I have a, I have a boy Right. So I don't want anybody telling me that that he's not perfect. He's perfect. But let me tell you what, I, I know that he's not perfect. And when he's not perfect, I go to him and I say, hey, what's up? And we and we talk about it. And we have a really clear, clean line of communication, which I am incredibly thankful for. But because to me, 
he is more important than what other people are going to think or whatever, right? Like I have to worry about him, about him being, him being healthy mentally, physically. So parents, please. Um, but then, yeah, veterinarians, we need to do better as far as being able to identify the signs of assault. Here in Ohio, we're mandatory reporters. And I don't know that many veterinarians are reporting because and and not to say that they're not doing it because they don't want to necessarily although i'm sure that some of them or most of them don't want it but they don't even know what they're looking for right so we need to do better with that and then we need to have the the prosecutors the attorneys just take this seriously because any any one of these perpetrators that they let go because they don't want to mess with it the next rape victim it's on you. Like you could have done something about it and you didn't. As far as I'm concerned, you're responsible for everything that they do after that point. I agree. I agree. I hope that uh, ACOs and ACIs and humane law enforcement get out of this is learn how to talk to your vet. Don't, don't, don't. You, you have to guide the vet because the vet wasn't there unless you bring the pictures and stuff like that and articulate to to a point you need to explain to them because they want to know okay what, what do you what do you think happening don't get me wrong i am an asshole on this well, what happened to the animal sometimes you just pick up the animal you don't know okay but when you have a cruelty or potential cruelty case like that and cruelty is animal sexual assault you need to paint the picture to them so they know what to look for you, you need to learn how to lead your vet so they know how to do, if it's a dead animal, what type of uh, uh, um, necropsy they need, okay? Um, they, you need to, to get this stuff and, and talk to the vet and be one. Because um, I have a vet, I won't say her name, but she used to get these reports that like um, office come in there, yo, uh, doctor's dog is jacked up. What the fuck does jacked up mean? You know, I, I really think it's very important for the officer in their report to not omit uh, and then do not put in how they felt. It's what they saw, uh, what they experienced, uh, what type of evidence, uh, things. It's who, what, when, where, why, how. And I think they should talk to the vet and spend time with the vet. So the vet is like has a, a, a picture that's painted like this guy. Believe me, you do not need to see all the pieces of the puzzle, but shit, you should see the corners and the outlines and the highlights so you can, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a this is a horse, you know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of times ACOs, and, and you know, fam, yeah, I know I don't dog no more. I really don't dog ACOs out. But, because, you know, I get into um, ACIs, I dog them out because your job is to be the detective. When you go out there, take and ask the right questions so you get the information. So when, it, when you take the animal to the vet, the vet understands what to look for. Because, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, you can't test for everything. You just can't. Right. You can't look for everything, okay? Um, dog hit by a car, possibly hit by a car. It gives you an idea what to do. Uh, a dog was um, um, tied up um, and, and, and impaled itself or uh, strangled itself. It was, you know, whatever like that. You know what to look for. But, um, you know, the thing is, you can't just leave the dog at the vet and say, it's jacked up. Or, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what, what about that? Is that, is that right? No, abs yeah. no, yeah, absolutely. So I start 
my presentations with a picture of House MD saying everybody lies, right? And because people will give you the wrong story or messed up story or whatever, this doesn't, doesn't mean that it's not important. You have to get some information. And then it's your job to see if what you're finding, if your observations match the history. And then you're going to be able to, to figure something out. But yeah, I need, as a, as a veterinarian, I tell the humane officers that I work with, I need good pictures. I need good information. Um, you know, I need to know exactly what happened because you can't come to me and say, here's a couple of pictures. I need to write me a report for animal cruelty. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. Um, also, to your point of saying about being being objective, I've had reports that will say dog was skin and bones. Don't tell me dog is skin and bones because that is that is an emotional reaction. Right. That is subjective. Tell me animal was emaciated. Animal was so thin that I could see the the hip bones because these are people that are educated. But, but I mean, I understand how they feel. They walk into this place. They see these animals in these horrible conditions and they they are emotional. And then they put their emotions on paper. I don't want emotions on paper. I want objectivity on paper. Yes. When I'm writing my report, everything's objective. And then I give an opinion. Opinion's still objective. Now it's opinion. So it's what I feel about this case or what I what I think about it. But I'm still not going to be like, I think that this person's a piece of shit and should go to jail. Right. I say, I think that in my opinion, this fits the criteria for abuse and neglect because dot, 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 dot. Right. right. So we have to see, be. Yeah. The one thing I say, I, I love you say in your opinion, in your professional opinion, in your doctor opinion, in your veterinarian opinions like that. It's the way different from me giving my opinion. OK. Now, if I give a, a testimony as a, um, a sworn expert, then it's a little different. But you're the expert when you go to court. You're already an expert. OK. They don't have to swear you in as an expert. You're already an expert because you're the vet. Now, it's good that you get sworn in, too. But, you know, I think a lot of times officers just like doc you know what i'm saying right no i actually don't know what you're saying so sometimes you have to list it out or spell it out because the one thing and we always say we don't want to what assume because assumption makes what i ask out of you and me you know what i'm saying but you know um i appreciate coming on the show man um i think you do a good job your podcast is awesome he's a rock star i appreciate you bringing me on sharing your fandom which you know some of my dude and dudettes um, you know, can we have to do this again? Um, this was awesome. I mean, was it okay for you? I, it was great. No, I think that we got through through everything. I think that we inform people on sexual assault issues. We inform people on bite issues as well. I mean, so it was just very informational and educational, and it's always great talking to you. Um, you know, it, you you and Dan were were two of the podcasts that kind of gave me ideas and and you know inspired me to kind of do what I'm doing. So, yeah. so my it, thing is that, hey, I'm honored to have you in my show. <laughs> now, I appreciate you having me on because um, when, uh, when, uh, when Dan said, yo, you need to reach out to this Dr. G chick. I was like, okay. And then, you know, you know, I was all right. You know, I had you on everything. You cool, you cool as hell, you cool as hell. And you know, you know how I cut up. Um, but, um, and um, I think, yeah, next episode drop yet. I think yeah, it dropped, it dropped already like that. You you know you you see you on my show so much because you know you a superstar. <laughs> I have you like you know to make sure my ratings are good. I'll be out there promoting Doctor G's coming on. Make sure y'all tune in next week. You know that's what I do for you for you. So y'all y'all rock. Well, thank out. you. I appreciate you. For her for her. For her. <laughs>
No, I appreciate you. And we'll have to get together. I'm trying to put together a manual for for ACOs, humane officers, and veterinarians of how everybody has to work together on on putting these things together. So I'm gonna hit you up with the the outlines that I got. Okay. So that you can you can tell me from your side, from your perspective, because I don't assume to know everything that you know. The right. same as you don't know what, like the stuff that I know. So we all have to work together, egos aside, and get stuff done to, to get stuff done, right? No doubt, no doubt. Uh, hit me up anytime, anytime. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much for being part of my, of my podcast, for being on this episode, and I'll talk to you soon. And for everybody that's Take out there, thanks for Stay listening. Safe. Thanks for caring. Um,